to the details of life with Marcus Wilson. I'm your host, Marcus Wilson. And ladies and gentlemen, I just want to start off by saying thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, the amount of love and amount of support that I've gotten and the details of life has received here over the last couple of weeks has just been outstanding. You know, I, I didn't know how long it would take for this to take off. You know, this wasn't a fly by night idea. I was thinking I'm gonna do this for two or three years and just see where I'm at. And here after a few months, here we are, you know, after the AAU series, which was very well received. Uh, my, uh, the episode with Chris Lowry is now up to 2,400 views. We just did the one with Josh Passner. That's already at 3,400 views after two days, which my previous high was 3,300 with Calvert Chaney. And that was after three months. And so it's catching on. And so I hope you guys feel excited the way I do. You know, it feels like if you've ever been a part of a team and you have an idea and you don't know if it's going to work and then you start to see it working and people start getting excited. I know I'm excited and I hope you feel excited because I couldn't do this without you. So thank you so much for your support and feel good that, you know, you're helping someone with their idea build from the ground up. You didn't just jump on a bandwagon once I was like a Stephen A. Smith level. This is ground. This is true grassroots. So thank you so much. Coming next, we have my friend, excellent coach in the Missouri Valley Conference, Greg Lansing, head coach of Indiana State Basketball. So I've been knowing Coach Lansing for a while. I even touched on a story that he really helped me out to get into college coaching back in 2013. And so we share some stories about that. But, you know, this guy just has a wealth of knowledge. He started at high school, went on to Indiana State, went to Iowa, coached with Steve Alford at Iowa, had some success there, Big Ten titles, NCAA tournaments and all that, postseason play. Now back at Indiana State as the head coach. And so, you know, a lot of you coaches out there, high school, who have aspirations to get to college, we discussed that. You know, he's been at a, a Power 5 conference. He's now at the MVC, so there's obviously different levels of resources there. We discussed that and also taught expectations for next year. He has a great base of guys coming back. So we touch a lot of things. Great conversation with the great guy. This is one of the best, best guys in the business. So without further ado, let's go ahead and tune in with Coach Greg Lansing. Joining us today, like I said, is Indiana State head coach Greg Lansing. How you doing today, coach? I'm doing great, Marcus. Good to be on with you. Thanks a lot for making the time. So let's go ahead and get started. And how about you tell the people where you're from and why'd you get into coaching? Well, I'm from Iowa. I'm a son of a high school coach. My dad's uh, long since retired, but he's in the Hall of Fame and um, grew up uh, basically every day, all day around basketball and uh, learning that uh, losing was not okay. And uh, just kind of that was really the only interest I ever had was to be a coach. So you knew from a very young age, is it, this is what you wanted to do. It's just uh, something I always wanted to do. I knew I want to play for as long as I could uh, play, but I wasn't near as good as you. So I, my career got cut short a little bit, but uh, went right into being a graduate assistant uh, a coach, got my master's degree in counseling and just continued uh, in the profession. Cool. So who gave you your first break to get in? I know a lot of times people have always told me the hardest thing is just to get in the door. So who gave you your first break? And then after that, could you kind of tell us from there, where all have you been leading up until now? Yeah, Marcus, I, I, I'm one that uh, has hit every step. You know, I, I didn't have the name, uh, a big name. I was no great uh, Division One player or anything like that. So um, I, I, I couldn't skip any steps. And uh, basically, um, after I was a graduate assistant for Dave Boots, a guy I played for at South Dakota, 
I got a, I took a high school coaching job in Iowa. I was very fortunate. Uh, I remember Jim Hallahan, who was an assistant under Johnny Orr at Iowa State when I was saying, hey, should I try and do a, because I had an opportunity to be a Division II assistant coach. And he told me, he goes, uh, take that head coaching job. That head coaching experience is something um, that uh, you'll always, it'll always be important to you. You know, it'll be very valuable uh, throughout that. And it was great advice. Uh, I really appreciate it because being a head high school coach was two of the best years of my life. And then while I was there, I was fortunate to have a, some good uh, Nate Green, who you know, have some good players in our program. And that was really just kind of, um, when the AU stuff and, and those summer camps, those evaluation camps were getting going. And I saw Chris Theobald, who was an assistant at Mankato State when I played at South Dakota. And he just asked me, when you, you, did you want to get into college coaching? And I said, yeah. You know, so I left uh, a really good job as a head of high school coach and, and counselor at Des Moines Roosevelt to go as a restricted earnings coach at Indiana State. Uh, Sherman Diller gave, him, gave me the opportunity um, and that was rough, you know, you're living on 12 grand a year, uh, for two years, but, uh, it really kind of paved the path for, uh, for what I was doing. So when, when he went to James Madison, his alma mater and, and coach Waltman got the job, um, Nate Green was there playing for us. And, and I was fortunate enough to, to stay and get on the road as a full-time assistant. And, and then it's just been, uh, you know, a continued, a gradual climb. I was a volunteer to restricted earnings to uh, third assistant, second assistant, associate head, fortunate enough to work for Steve Alford uh, for seven years at Iowa, which is a dream school for me being from Iowa. And then uh, coming back with Coach Waltman there as associate head coach, um, Kevin McKenna, when he, when he was, wasn't retained, Kevin McKenna and I basically were the two candidates for the head coach at Indiana State. And I think uh, Ron Prettyman, our AD, figured I'd stay even if I didn't get, didn't get the job. So he hired Kevin, who's a great choice, a great coach, a good guy um, uh, coming from Creighton. So I was there with him for, for three years. And then uh, he left to be with Dane Altman at Oregon, and I got the head coaching job. So 11 years later, here we are. Well, man, that's, a, that's an incredible story. And one couple of things that stand out to me is you getting that job for $12,000 a year. Sometimes people see head coaches now. And they're like, oh, they live such a good life. And they don't realize the sacrifices that it took to get where you're at. And so with that being said, speaking about salaries and everything, you know, I think one of the, one of the things that uh, fans don't quite grasp is the resources that come along with being in a power five school, uh, whether that's football or basketball or whatever, those extra resources to be able to just jump on a private plane provided by boosters to go somewhere one night, be back the same night, recruiting all the things, travel, all those things. And so being at Iowa, you had a lot of success, three NCAA tournament appearances, three NIT appearances, two Big Ten titles. Then, like you say, you were with Coach Alford there, and then you come back to Indiana State. And from what I gather, Indiana State is in the bottom half in terms of, you know, resources and budget in the MVC. So how was it to go from Big Ten and all of the resources that provides to come to a school like Indiana State, is that a tough adjustment for a coach in terms of how to how to run a program? Well, for me it wasn't, Marcus, just because I, I played Division II uh, when we didn't have much um, at the University of South Dakota. Um, and then I came to Indiana State. Like you said, I was restricted earnings. So you know, we're right there at the bottom with, with budget and, and uh, those types of things um, previously uh, at Indiana State. But going to Iowa, you just get spoiled. 
I mean, it's obviously the best of everything. The way you take care of your guys, the way you travel, uh, your facilities are the best. And um, right now, today's day and age of college basketball, is kind of rich get richer, you know, and it seems like that power five is even uh, getting more separation with the mid-majors. Uh, but when I came back to Indiana State, you know, I knew I was in for. I mean, I just uh, fortunate and blessed to uh, get the head coaching job uh, there. And I've never been one of those guys that uh, um, have the best of everything. You know, we're, we're blue collar. We're, we're the underdog. And, and I kind of like it that way. And you make the most of what you have. You make the most of what you have. I've, I've never been one to look at, not look at what you don't have. It's just what you do have. And uh, we have plenty, plenty enough to get it done at Indiana State. Uh, in a great league, a very competitive league, and it's Missouri Valley is very comparable to to the Big Ten and just how difficult it is and tough it is. But yeah, we have to find different ways to do it. We have to find different ways to do it, um, and we just make make by with what we do, what we do have. Well, I appreciate you being humble about that and explaining that. But I also know sometimes, not all the times, but that may restrict your capacity to travel. You know, Kentucky. Jim, uh, you know, Calipari can jump and go on a flight to California, then go to Oregon, then go to Texas, come back, coach, jump on another private flight. Indiana State and other smaller schools don't have that. And so to be able to accomplish what you've accomplished there is, is saying something. So for the people that don't know, I just wanted to be able to explain that. So with that being said, this year you finished third in the conference, a tough conference this year. And although you're losing Christian Williams, Jordan Barnes, who had a great career there, you brought in a very talented freshman class this year, bringing back one of my favorite players in MVC, Tyree Key. So what are some of your expectations for your team next year? Yeah, we lost Bronson Kessinger, too, who has been valuable, you know, uh, down there from Corden Central, Indiana, um, just fighting through the, the tr tr uh, very difficult leg injury that he had his senior in high school. But we do lose a lot. You know, our guys, we, we feel like we got it back going again this year. We went through some times where we weren't as good as we needed to be, uh, hovering around the the middle of the valley and you know you know you have to have power five type guys on your team otherwise uh, you have no chance of contending and we love what we have coming back Tyreek's been uh, twice uh, uh, all first team all conference and led the league in scoring as a sophomore so he'll be a senior next year and have unbelievably high expectations for him and our team and we started two freshmen uh, started a sophomore lot so we did start uh, with some youth and we love what we have coming back. We have great, we have uh, guys that were huge impact players on a pretty good team uh, in the Valley last year. And then this year, adding six new guys, you know, we have six new guys coming in. We kind of delved in the, into the fifth year transfer for, for a couple guards and, and uh, junior college big and uh, really like what we're, we have coming in. We think it, uh, you know, it's not always about accumulating talent. It's about building a team. And we think we have a really nice team uh, coming back. We'll have our challenges just because we have so many new guys. But when you have uh, Tyree Key, Jake Moravia, Trey Williams, Kobe Barnes, guys like that uh, coming back, that's a that's a really good foundation. Yeah, you do. You got a lot of got a lot of pieces to put together and make a really good team. And I, on a personal uh, opinion, you know, I call the games in the Valley, and Tyree Key is one of my favorite players. Not just because he scores. But in my opinion, the games I've seen, I see other guys who score 20, but they might have 13 in real minutes. Then at the end of the game, they get a they get a breakaway, they get a free throw, they make a, a senseless three at the buzzer. Man, Tyree Key gets buckets at major moments in the game. The other team makes a run, you give the ball to Tyree, he's getting the bucket. So I always like his performance in the clutch. So I think when you got a player like that at the MVC level, 
you're going to yeah. be good. He's um, a scorer, man, and he, you know yeah. what he does? He, he gets them on his own, you know, as yeah. he continues to learn how to play away from the ball, off the ball, read the defense. I mean, someone like you, uh, just think of what he would have been in a true motion like that where two or three guys are screening for him all the time. Um, but the game slowed down for Tyreek. Believe me when I tell you, and I've been around a lot of hard workers, there's nobody that works harder than Tyreek Key on his game. He lives in the gym. His craft means a lot to him, uh, but he is fun to watch. And, and if you've got players around him like we have, he's, he's really tough to guard. Yeah, so when you got talent like that, hard work, and he's athletic too, man, you, that, that's, that's a lot of pieces to put together. So, you know, we, we know that the quest every year is to win a championship or, you know, be at the top of the valley. Um, besides winning a championship, does your team have – do you have other goals that you set for your team? Uh, and if so, what are they? You know, I haven't always been – I don't know how Coach Cruz was, uh, Marcus, but um, we haven't always been the biggest uh, uh, group of setting goals. You know, you always – if you, you say, hey, let's go undefeated at home and say you get beat early in the year, all oh, that goal's out the window. <laughs> we were 12-1 uh, and one at home this year. Uh, dealing with the construction in the Holman Center. So we want to do that. You know, we want to defend our home court and and try to be at least, uh, get at least a split uh, on the road in, in the league. Um, we challenge ourselves with our schedule every year. You know, we've always uh, had difficult schedules, so our non-conference is, is really tough. But uh, our goal is to be in contention at the end of the year, every year to win a championship. You know, and that goes through the dog days of February there. You want to be in a lot of big games coming down the stretch. You've been in a ton of them. Uh, we want to be relevant. Uh, we won our last four uh, this year to get us to third and the third seed. And then you want to be playing your best basketball uh, when you get to uh, St. Louis for the conference tournament. And then your goal is to win it and go to the NCAA tournament. So that's always kind of our goal, just to continue to uh, build a team throughout the year. So at the end of the year, you're playing your best. Yeah, just get better every day. That, that's probably, that's got to be the goal. Just get better today. This COVID-19 thing is messing up everything. We talked about this a little bit before. Um, what are some of the things that, as a college staff, um, for the people that wonder how colleges are staying engaged, or Indiana State in particular, what are some of the things that you do to stay engaged with your players now that you can't do summer workouts with them, you know, or their Zoom meetings, or what are some of the things that you do to stay, keep, the, keep the culture and stay in contact with your guys? Yeah, and this really, I mean, it sucks, plain and simple. You know, you're talking to a guy that all day, every day, and uh, all year long, his life revolves around basketball and your team. And I've always said the worst part of my year is May when you're away from your team. Um, and now we're all going through difficult times, you know. And, and what we're trying to do is, is take advantage of every day. I mean, whether with your family or getting to see people you don't get to see, having some downtime. You got plenty of hours of the day to get workouts in. You have to kind of make up your own workouts as you go along. Some guys have baskets, some don't. Uh, some guys have weights, some don't, so they're doing different things. Um, but we are, we are doing uh, Zoom team meetings Mondays and Fridays um, as, a, as a whole group. That's with our strength coach, trainer, all the coaches, GAs, uh, everybody, and, and all our guys have been on that. That's been fun, trying to give them little exercises as we, as we get on here and do that. Um, I'm talking to them individually. Uh, texting with them individually uh, as we go through here. Our academic advisors, she's been doing an unbelievable job of laying out day by day uh, what your assignments are, what you got to get in. So we're really trying to stay on them academically. And and when this hit, they every you know I was on the road. 
uh, I was on the road recruiting and they shut everything down. So I had to come home and we still had to sign three guys. And some guys were in better position. Uh, some programs were in more difficult positions. And we're lucky, you know, you know my staff, how good they are. And we got three kids uh, right away in one week uh, to fill the slots and to fill needs in our program. Uh, we, we've taken advantage of it. I think uh, staff, uh, that's why you hire such good people. Uh, we have, um, we've, we've taken advantage of it, got it done. So we think we're a little bit ahead of the game. And now we just have to work on our team. And um, with the way the stuff is with the transfers and all that, you, you get your guys, you still have to continue to recruit them and take good care of them because of, of how some of these things are now with uh, recruiting. Yep. Yep. So speaking of that, like you are in a good situation that you already have this class signed and taken care of, but you know, this summer, obviously for guys that are juniors about to be seniors, this is a big summer for some kids. That's where they get their offers yeah. and then they'll sign in the fall. Um, do you think that the inability to get out and evaluate as much and the possibility of having less main events, open recruiting and not being able to do that, will you feel, do you feel like that will affect your ability uh, to recruit uh, and impact your team next year or in the yeah, years the, to come? The less, the less amount of time you get to see guys, it's obviously going to have an impact. So maybe there's going to be more mistakes made. Uh, maybe some guy, you know, you have to get lucky some. I think we're in a good spot because we'll have uh, three scholarships. And, and we, we know we've made offers to uh, the juniors right now that will be seniors next year. We know who we really like and who we would really want. But this is, like you said, this is a time – uh, for the AAU events where we're up, where we have a couple weekends in April where you're just watching uh, a bunch of new guys. You're getting a bunch of new games. You're following the guys you really like, which I'd be doing, and your staff kind of goes and, hey, I really like this, really like this, really like that guy. So that it's going to have an impact. Um, but this is why, again, you hire good people, and, and they're working phones now. They're researching guys. They're looking at things. It's not like we've stopped. It's just that your recruiting is all – like what we're doing right now, it's by your phone, uh, it's watching video of guys. So we're working as hard as we can without traveling and, and getting in front of these guys and, and following them around uh, during the AAU tournaments. Yeah, you know, I've, I've spoken to a few coaches about this, and I'm, I'm kind of concerned about the mid-major schools and below because the four- and five-star guys, we know who they are, they're talented, whatnot. But a lot of times mid-major schools, like you prefaced earlier, you need to get a kid who could play at the power five, but you get them at your level. And sometimes that you see that in evaluation when he slips through the cracks. And so the fact that we won't have as much time to evaluate, yeah, we're still getting filmed, but there's nothing like seeing a kid up front. So I kind of, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned, but like you said, you got a good staff, you got former head coaches on your staff. So the programs that are prepared, and have done their research in advance, and and you know I think I think that it won't hurt them as much. But the last minute guys, I think it could I think it could affect them a little bit. Well, and now, and I just read an article this morning um, talking about if this transfer one-time transfer thing happens, and how the Power Fives are just going to be recruiting good players from from our level. Again, that's why you got to. We try to recruit really good guys, high character guys. Uh, we take care of them, so we haven't had guys leave. Uh, you know, there's obviously there's changes across the board uh, virtually with everybody. But uh, you look at all the transfers right now, I think there's over 800 and the and the one time transfer hasn't even hit yet. That's probably going to probably going to happen coming up. So, again, I I think it's going to cause for more separation. Um, our level, it's going to be difficult. 
but again, you got to you got to try to recruit the guys that best fit your your program, um, the type of guys you have, uh, the character guys that you have on your current team, and and take great care of them. You know, take great care of them. And we do that at Indiana State across the board. It's not just uh, our basketball program. It's a it's a great place to be a student athlete, and uh, we try to get the kids that best fit our program. Yeah, I, I do know your players and your guys do love you. You're, you're a player's coach. Play hard, defend, and have fun. Play hard, defend, and have fun. We started that a long time ago on that journey, right? Okay, now it's most important. You're connected. Okay, you are connected. There's no question. You got a strong trust because of your relationships with each other. Everybody trusts each other across the board. I trust you. I know you're going to leave it all out there tonight. And the love. Caring about each other's well-being. Okay, caring about each other's well-being. That was a hell of a send-off we had through there. Hell of a send-off. And just empty your tank. Enjoy it. That's why you're. That's why you came here. To be in moments like this, and let's just go have a lot of fun with each other tonight and go get this done. Okay. kind of close up um you know i always ask this on the details of life because i'm usually bringing on people that have had some sort of success and so you know you've had a lot of success coaching at high school been ncaa tournaments and you know missouri valley conference big 10 done a lot of good things in your career are there any daily habits or routines or anything that you do that you feel like that gives you you know the opportunity to kind of separate yourself well, I'm a morning workout guy. So, you know, I get up, get up early in the morning and, and that's kind of my time. That's my therapy. Um, obviously you're in thought a lot of the time what you do, but I'll, I'll get up uh, and work out six days a week for sure. Uh, five, maybe sometime, but it's, it's every day, whether you're traveling or not. And that's just kind of the good therapy for me, trying to stay in, in good, uh, stay in good shape, exercise your brain a little bit too, as well. But then, uh, Again, my life is, uh, you know, my team and, and, and our staff, and um, I rely on those guys heavily. Uh, I love our guys, uh, you know, uh, so we're staying in close contact with them. And, you know, everybody talks about it. It's a family. It's a family. It's this. And I, and, and I, and I get all that, but it is truly a family for me because I don't have kids. You know, those, those guys on, on our team are our kids, and uh, my biggest responsibility is, is take great care of them and, and, and make sure my staff is, is happy and, and uh, doing what they want to do. So uh, the exercise thing and then uh, whether it be watching videos of, of different sets and um, uh, out of timeout plays and, and underneath out of bounds and all these things. I'm a, I've always been a student of the game. So I, I know guys that I look to and guys that I, I think do a great job. I just try to study them as much as possible as well as studying our own team, watching our games from last year and seeing how we can get better. But yes, being a student in the game and studying tape and all that stuff, man. And I'm a big believer. I've been trying to work out more as well. Lost a few pounds in the last few months. But you're right, man. When you when you when you're working out, it kind of gets get rid of all that negative energy. You know, I think you gotta gives you a more clear mind going into your work day. Um, but before we close, I do want to share a quick story with you and with the uh, with anybody watching. So in 2013, I was working in Atlanta, and I was at Chick Fil A and. I was getting the basketball bug to get back into coaching. And I remember going to the Final Four. And so for anybody who hasn't been to the Final Four, all the coaches are down there. They're walking around. They're usually in their little groups and stuff. And so I'm just telling the people this and telling you as well. I remember linking up with you with you and your, and your crew. 
And man, you know, I ended up getting a job that summer. But one thing I, I sometimes people come on here and I know them at a certain extent, but I do want to share, man. I've always wanted to tell you, thank you. I really appreciate the way you treated me that summer because I wanted to talk to a lot of these coaches. I had these aspirations and I'm not going to name any names, but some of these guys were jerks. You know, I mean, literally look at you kind of just walk off. Like you say hello and they just act like you're not there or whatever. And I hadn't talked to you in years. And man, you embraced me, brought me in. I remember you introduced me to Tim Miles, kind of gave me the confidence that I could be a coach, even told me that you, you might have opportunity for me as a, as an ops guy later on the summer, if I hadn't found anything. And so, man, just the genuineness of that and how you treated me, man, I've never forgot it. So I wanted to tell you, thank you and let the people know, you know, you come across as a nice guy, but this guy hadn't seen me in years and treated me like I was one of his own players. He just coached against me for years. And so I really appreciate that coach. Well, I didn't appreciate all the buckets you gave us when you were a player. I know that <laughs> I respected you a lot and you know, it's um, just be who you are, you know, and I try to tell uh, young guys coming up that uh, do the job that you have, you know, don't be looking at the next and you talk about those final fours. Those guys are just looking, Hey, I need to talk to him. Hey, I need to talk to him. Do the best job you can at the job that you have and, and, and it, it, things will go your way, you know, and it's all about being a good person. I'm not fake. Um, I remember coach Waltman getting mad at us because we were all, we'd always talk to the other assistants on the floor before the game and, He's that old school guy. He wants to hate everybody. I don't do it that way. You know, I, I got very good friends in this business. Uh, I respect the heck out of uh, guys that do a great job and how hard we work and, and the, the Valley. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've seen enough of these games. They're good people in our league with great staffs. Uh, now we want to beat each other's brains out. There's nobody more competitive than me, but there's a lot of good people and uh, just try to treat people as you would want to be treated. And, and, uh, you know, I'm a nobody. I don't, you know, I'm a nobody. Just, um, like I said, I don't have a name coming through and I just try to be me as much as I can and, and hire good people and be around good people. And I enjoy it, man. I enjoy the camaraderie of, of being with other coaches and then going and competing against them and try to beat them and their team. So I appreciate you saying that. And, uh, um, you're right. There, there's a lot of different people in, in this business that do it for a lot of different things. And I just yep. do it for the relationships. Well, I appreciate it, man. And I, like I said, I can vouch for everything you're saying right now. So thanks for taking the time to come out and talk with us. Uh, continue to stay safe and healthy out there, man. And best of luck to you this summer and next year, Coach. Hey, greatly appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. I look forward to seeing you soon. All right. Thanks a lot. Have a good day. You too. Thank you so much, Coach, for coming on, sharing that knowledge with us. And I don't know about you guys, but when I heard that speech in the locker room, Man, I got chills. Like, that's the type of guy I want to play for. You know, that's the type of coach I want to play for. And it's easy to see why he doesn't have a lot of players transfer, why, why kids do want to come play for him. And so best of luck to you, Coach Lansing. Best of luck to the Sycamores this summer. Hopefully you get out and can recruit. And then also going into next season. So with that said, guys, we have some more really good episodes coming up. I know we have Larry Hughes, and that's going to be awesome. I just recorded with him. Uh, talking about his time with LeBron James, Allen Iverson, some local work that he does in the community here, Larry Hughes Basketball Academy that he has going on here in St. Louis. So some really good stuff with that. Also have a episode coming up with some former teammates of mine, Chris Hollander, Kareem Richardson. Chris Hollander is an assistant at University of Missouri right now, men's basketball. Kareem Richardson was the former head coach at UMKC, but he's now assistant with Greg Lansing at Indiana State. He was also on the staff at Louisville when they went to the national title game. So he's had a plethora of experiences as well. And we had some, you know, old 
uh, teammate moments where we were talking about our time together. So some really good stuff coming up, some more high-level coaches, just some all great things, and they're all coming in here sharing the details of what it takes for them to be successful because you know what? Greatness is in the details, guys. Like, subscribe, share, all that. Make sure you just keep coming back and supporting. I appreciate you guys. I'm going to keep bringing on good content. I just need you guys to keep supporting me, and we're going to keep keeping it moving, okay? Thank you so much. Have a blessed day. See you next time. Peace.